Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible class that is posted every Wednesday evening at this time, 6.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time. And it's for those who cannot be with us in person at the church building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha. Now, we know that there are some in the area, even, who cannot be with us in person. And we know certainly that there are those who are listening in other parts of the country and literally around the world through the medium of the internet and over the means or by the means of these podcasts. We're thankful to be able to broadcast God's word on such a widespread basis. And we take that responsibility seriously, and we take it not just as a blessing, but as a responsibility. We want to make sure that we can teach God's word accurately, effectively, even powerfully to his glory and to help souls come to a better understanding of God's will for their lives, communicated to us through his word. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person at 6.30 each Wednesday evening. Our church building is located, Sunny Slope Church of Christ, at 3606 North 108th Street. 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. You can also go to our website at churchofchrist.com. And you can click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. When you do that, you will automatically receive to your smart device, your phone or your computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever smart device you choose, you will automatically receive all of our podcasting. And we podcast a tremendous amount of Bible teaching material every single week. You'll automatically receive to your smart device our Wednesday night Bible class, posted every Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Also, our Sunday morning Bible class, every Sunday morning at 9.30, and all of our sermons. And our sermons are posted now, not just in audio format, but also video format. You can also, you will also receive a daily radio program Monday through Friday called Search the Scriptures. And And I really think this is just something of a marvel of an opportunity to study God's word on a more frequent basis, and that is you'll receive a daily seven-day-a-week short Bible study called Today's Bible Class. It's only about 13 minutes every day, but it gets us into God's word every single day. While you're at our website, you can download hundreds of sermons. You can also download hundreds of scripturally based and spiritually focused articles. You can download those, read through them, study through them, and that'll help you grow in your knowledge of God's word. Now, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So we encourage you always to share these studies that you're listening to every time you have the opportunity. In fact, every single time you listen to them with every body you can. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But you know people in your life, probably some within your own family, in fact, who need to grow in their faith. They need to come closer to God. They need to start thinking about eternity and their soul's salvation. Help them along these lines by sharing these short studies with them all all the time. Every time you listen, share with everybody you can with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, everybody you can, literally. What, think what a blessing it will be to help somebody turn their life around 
and maybe even get to heaven because you started getting them into God's word by sharing these studies with them. But that will also be a great blessing for you. And incidentally, when you do sign up for our podcasting, it is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. Well, we're coming up on the end of our study in Second Peter. I said last time, I believe, that I thought maybe we might finish it up last time, but again, we got into a particular text of Scripture that we needed to give some attention to, and I've taken the time to do that repeatedly through this particular book from God's Word, the second recorded letter from the Apostle Peter that was in, through which he was guided by God through the Holy Spirit to write God's very word. And it is so full of rich information, instruction, and encouragement for us, it, it was appropriate that we've taken the time that we, that we have to go through it and try to glean on a deeper basis all that God communicated Peter to write down. Well, in verse, in verse 16, as we come, and we're going coming down toward the end of the, of the third chapter, and therefore the end of this second inspired letter by the Apostle Peter, 16, 17, 18, the last three verses in this book. But verse 16, and Peter says, also in the, in, it, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of, the, of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, with which unstable and, and untaught people twist to their own destruction as they do the rest of the scriptures. Now, who is the he here? Whose epistles? Refer, Peter is referring to in all his epistles, speaking of things which are uh, in which are some hard things to understand. Well, he began talking about the apostle Paul. And so we go back to verse 14, and he says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. Well, what things? Looking forward to what things? He's just been talking about the final day of judgment. If you go back to verses 10 through 13, he's talking about how we need to realize that God is going to send Jesus back again on the final day of judgment to call all mankind to judgment. And as Paul wrote in 2 Timothy, uh, 2 Peter, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, we will all stand before our Lord at his judgment seat and give account of the things that we've done while still alive in this body, this physical body, this physical life on this earth, whether good or bad. And there's going to be no, you know, calling for exemption because of ignorance, because you go back to Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31, <laughs> the times of these ignorance, God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. And then he goes on and talks about that day of judgment that is coming. So Peter's been talking about that, beginning with verse 10, going down through verse 13, and that really follows what he said in verse 9 in that he emphasized that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that was in response to Peter addressing those scoffers who were criticizing, challenging the teaching that 
God is going to send Jesus back into this world in the final day of judgment to call all mankind to give account of the way we've lived our lives. And so the scoffers were out there in Peter's day, and they're certainly still out there in our day today, saying, yeah, yeah, when's he coming? You know, everything keeps going on, just normal. Sun comes up, sun goes down, time goes on, calendar, the tages of the calendar tick off, and years pass, weeks go by, decades, and so on. Well, Peter emphasized just before he came to verse 9 in verses 7 and 8, he said, hey, you need to remember, time has no meaning for God. A day with God is like a thousand years to us, or a thousand years is like a day to him. But that was just simply a general point of reference. Peter was simply saying time has no meaning whatsoever for God as we relate to time. Because we're finite, we're physical, we are born, we're going to die physically unless the Lord comes again first, but God is infinite, God is eternal, without beginning, without end. And so time as we understand and deal with time has absolutely no meaning for God. So Peter said, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's long-suffering, patient with us, as we're going through the time that he is giving us right now, giving us time to learn and come to our senses and repent. And we made made that point, and Peter makes that point again um, in in, in a verse just a a little farther along, and he talks about how God's patience or the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. In other words, God's giving us time to come to repentance, to come to a greater knowledge of what God's word says and what he expects from us in response to his having sent his son to the cross as the savior, the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. And so he's giving us time. And a lot of people, they they see, and that's where the scoffers were, and why hasn't he come back yet? Why hasn't the Lord come back yet? Why hasn't the day of judgment dawned? On and on and on. Well, Peter has emphasized here, he's giving us time. He's giving us time. Verse 9, and also again in, uh, in, in verse 15 of this third letter, uh, third chapter of this second letter of, from the apostle Peter. Now, the apostle Paul said the same thing in Romans chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, that God's patience with us, or the fact that he's giving us time, we need to understand that as he is expecting us to come to repentance. That's his goodness being demonstrated vividly before us. That's his love for us and his grace, giving us time to learn and to repent and come to him for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in him as God's son and our Lord and Savior, and surrendering to him in baptism so the blood that he shed on the cross can cleanse us of the guilt of our sins. So we need to understand that. Now, verse 14, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. So this day of the Lord is coming. Judgment is coming. And when you look at verses 10 through 13, Paul says, this earth, the elements, the atmosphere, going to be burned up. The elements going to melt with fervent heat. 
So we need to live a, in, in a wise way, expecting that day to come, and live in such a way that we're always ready for it to come. And we ought to, as faithful, dedicated Christians looking forward to eternal life in heaven, we ought to be looking forward to that day to come. <laughs> now, that's a little difficult for us a lot of times emotionally because, and even psychologically because we're thinking, oh, the world being burned up, final day of judgment, standing before our Lord, giving account of our lives. Well, that can be rather mm, <laughs> alarming perhaps or at least give us a great pause for thought. Am I really ready for that day? Well, Peter's saying we need to be ready. We need to always live ready for that day. And really recognizing that our ultimate citizenship is not of this world, even though right now we live in this world, we ought to recognize that our ultimate home is in heaven, and we ought to look forward to that. But we always ought to be ready for that day of judgment to come so that we can be blessed by being ushered in through those pearly gates and to be able to walk the golden streets of heaven itself and live therein for the rest of eternity. Well, so, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless, and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, he's giving us time, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. And Peter's saying, I'm not just pulling this stuff out of the air. It's not just me blowing a lot of smoke or just, you know, blowing a lot of hot air, just, you know, talking to hear himself speak. The Apostle Paul, our beloved brother, the Apostle Paul, he also wrote about these things. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, for example. Yeah, Paul wrote about these things too. And then we come to verse 16 again, as also in all his epistles, Whose epistles? The Apostle Paul's epistles. Speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. And so Peter says, Paul's written about these things. It's not just me. He could have referred also to things that were written down in the gospel accounts that Jesus said, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And also that Luke wrote in the, God, in, in the Acts of the Apostles, those 28 chapters, on and on and on. You know, we find these facts written down, these prophecies, these instructions, encouragements, and also these warnings. Paul wrote about those things, about these things, about what Peter is writing right here. Now, Peter says, Paul's written some things that are hard to understand. <laughs> Peter, I, I'm sure the Apostle Paul could have written the same assessment about some things which Peter wrote, some things that are rather hard to understand as we've gone through his two inspired letters, First and Second Peter. But now Peter goes on and says, some things that the Apostle Paul has written which are hard to understand which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. Well, some of those are the scoffers that Peter talked about earlier in this third chapter of Second Peter. They're untaught. 
not as well grounded in the teachings of God's word as they needed to be, unstable, the fact that they're scoffers challenging the fact that Jesus had not come yet on the final day of judgment, that, that indicates their instability spiritually and instability in their faith. They're just not into God's word deeply enough. But what he says here that they twist these things, these teachings written down in God's word in repeated places in his scriptures, they twist them to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. So Peter's not saying these untaught and unstable, these weak in faith and lacking in true commitment and dedication to Christianity and therefore to Christ. He's not saying they just twist things that I'm writing and just twist things that the apostle Paul is writing, but he says they twist the rest of the scriptures as well in various places. And that is the way of false teachers. Now, we look at we look at 1 Timothy 1 Timothy beginning with verse 3. And here the apostle Paul wrote this about the danger of being taken in by people who are teaching false doctrine. Beginning with verse 3, he says I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Now, what does the word doctrine mean again? Simply teaching. And so Paul says to Timothy, I, I urged you to remain in Ephesus. Well, Paul had been in Ephesus and he tells Timothy, you, I urged you to stay there and work with the congregation there and that you may charge some, in other words, you tell them not to teach any other doctrine. Don't teach anything but what we have taught them, nothing but the truth of God's word, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. Now, the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience and from sincere faith. How can faith be sincere in its ultimate sense? It has to stay true to God's word. Again, faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, from which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle talk, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. Boy, there are a lot of false teachers out there like that today. Now, many of them are sincere in what they believe and what they're teaching, they're just sincerely wrong. They're not grounded well enough in what the scriptures really teach. They've been led astray by someone else into believing something that is contradictory to what the scriptures really say. He goes on in verse 8, he says, but we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for sinners for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of, of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers, and if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, in other words, to the true teachings of God's word. So the apostle Paul, as well as the apostle Peter, is very direct 
in emphasizing that we need to take care, that we need to give serious attention to making sure that what we believe and teach and practice is true to God's word. We can't just say something. We can't just live in some way and still be right with God. We've got to live by God's teachings. We've got to live the way God has instructed that we live. Now, the Apostle Paul dealt with this very problem when he wrote to the churches of Galatia in Galatians chapter 1. Beginning with verse 6, he's writing to them, and he says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. False teachers had come in. They were changing the gospel. So he says, I I marvel. I'm amazed. Not just surprised, I'm amazed. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. And then Paul goes on and clarifies, which is not another. Now, what he says there in that follow-up statement is, these false teachers who are teaching you a different gospel, that's not the gospel that they're teaching you. Because you see, when you change the gospel, it's no longer the gospel. When you change God's word, it's no longer God's word. He says, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Well, what does that word pervert mean? We think about it normally from one particular frame of reference, and and that's not really what he's talking about here. He's saying they want to distort, they want to twist the gospel. Huh, that's what Peter said, isn't it? There were some who they twist the teachings of Paul's writings to their own destruction. Peter says they're untaught and unstable. Well, he goes on and he says, so there are some, they're trying to teach you a different gospel, but that's not the gospel. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. And there are many people out there. Now, I said there are some false teachers that are sincere in what they're teaching. There are also many false teachers who are sincere in their purposeful their purposeful attempt to twist and change God's word they think they know better than what God's word says now they'll they'll you know try to cloud that over by saying we got to bring it up to date we've got to make it more relevant to today's time uh, God does not need humanity to improve upon his word. He's a whole lot smarter and wiser than we are. And so Paul goes on and says, even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what, we ha- than what you have received, let him be accursed. Paul says, Stay true to God's word. 
Don't let anybody hoodwink you. Don't let anybody take you in to believing that something different from what God's word says is what we ought to be believing or that they know better than what God's word says. No, no. We need to stay true. We need to stay true, absolutely true to God's word. We cannot improve upon God's word. Now, we find this particular principle taught over and over and over and over again through the scriptures. You can go all the way back to Deuteronomy. You can pick it up in Proverbs. You certainly have it emphasized and re-emphasized and re-emphasized throughout the New Testament scriptures. But a classic text is found in Revelation chapter 22 and verses 18 and 19. Almost the very last verses in the last book of the New Testament. John wrote this by God's guidance. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, which would be heaven, and from the things which are written in this book. So the Apostle John, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Paul, all say the same thing. Stay true to God's word. Don't even, don't even give the thought any room in your mind that perhaps you could improve upon it. Because if you t- change it, it's no longer God's word. Now it's your word, and you're not God. God will hold us accountable for staying true to his word. Well, we'll finish up the last two verses of Second Peter next time. I hope that you have enjoyed this study. I know it's deep, I know it's rich, and I hope that I've been able to get across to you at least some degree, a meaningful degree, of the richness of what God guided the Apostle Peter to write down for us in these two letters. We need to pay attention, we need to take heed, and we need to make the proper applications to our lives. Pray for God's wisdom and guidance, that he will give you the understanding that he wants you to have as you read through these letters from his word, but also all of his scriptures. Let's pray. Father, thank you for blessing us with the Bible to guide us in your will and also, by so doing, to guide us through the best life that a human being can live on this world, in this world. Help people to see their need to come to you, to study your word, and to apply it accurately and effectively to their lives so that they can be with you in heaven for all of eternity. We pray this, Father. And we also pray, Father, please forgive us and hear a prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.